Welcome to Conversations with Ask Ash. Conversations with Ask Ash focuses on people, processes, and outcomes. Ashley dives into everyday conversations around work efficiency, team productivity, and project execution. Let's get into the show. And now, your host, Ashley Schuler. Ashley Schuler. All Ashley right, Schuyler. all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Conversations with Ask Ash. If you have been watching, uh, listening rather to this season, we are all about the communication breakdown. And the reason why we're calling it that, because we are breaking down the many lenses and the avenues of communication in this day and age, this digital age, uh, as we navigate through um, post-pandemic work and you know, and entrepreneurship and all these different avenues, right? And so the communication breakdown season, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about async communication. We've talked about what does it mean to have a communications plan? We also touched on and had a fantastic guest that talked about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion and where we can start in terms of communicating and, and what is the basis on that. And so we have a lot that we've been exploring And really the goal is for us to open our minds to better communication so that we can be better team members, leaders, executors, collaborators, and to be able to build the things that we are looking to do and we're and we're looking to plan for. And so I'm excited because we're having another guest. This is just a fantastic individual. You might have heard her name or before from another podcast season um, where we were talk about the power of team. But I, I just like this individual. We have Quantel Latte on and she is a dynamic woman. She just has so much insight and so much intention behind and of the work that she does. And so she does a lot of great work um, for CEOs, leaders, and teams, managing projects, leading out launches and efforts and things. Quantel, welcome to the show. We're excited. Awesome. I'm so happy to be here. You know, we had our pre-chat. We had a lot that we are we are going to try to be fitting in. You know, we're not going to be like some of our other podcast brethren where we're two hours plus. Even right. though we could, even though we could, but we will. Um, we are going to seek to really walk through this conversation, and this conversation is all on client communication. So you should um, buckle up. You should get your notepads out, your digital pens, whatever it is you have, because this is going to be a really important discussion about how we as leaders, whether you're a service pro or whether you are a CEO listening in, uh, how you can communicate better with team members, contractors, whoever's providing services, uh, because this is something where I believe it's just in my personal opinion, Quantel can second that. I think she will, that we just want to just get a little better at, right? We just yeah. want <laughs> we just yeah. want to we just want to, you know, tie a little bow around some things. So, yes. Before we get into some of these topics, though, we want to do a little origin story because some folks may not remember um, from our Power of Team season. Okay, Quantel. So let's let's walk this through because I was imagining. I always imagine the person that's like doing the work, doing so well, executing right, and I always think, did they ever imagine, circa twenty twenty two, that this is where they would be? Number one, they found their niche and they found like where they, they where they are. Was that you five years ago, ten years ago? Like, where was your mindset when you wanted to explore entrepreneurship? Five years ago, entrepreneurship was my side bay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I never considered entrepreneurship like one of those things where I was like, okay, I have to, this is an ultimate mission of mine. But as I started working um, and furthering my career in corporate, I actually got laid off twice. And after the second layoff, I was like, it's either all or nothing with me. So 
The first time I got laid off, it was a company that laid us off. All 83 of us, we had to leave within the 30 minutes time. They didn't forewarn us. Oh, no. They didn't tell us anything. So imagine walking into work and you're already trying to find different jobs because you're not as happy about it anyway, but you got laid off with the rest of the team. So it wasn't like a favoritism or anything. This was like they laid everybody off in the company. And so that was a nightmare for me. And so thankfully I was able to recoup within a month, but that's where I learned to be calm. But that's where my entrepreneur spirit came from when that happened to me was I have to do something in between this to compensate for not having this. Of course they give you the unemployment, right? But that doesn't last long, but you're like, what can I do that I actually love? And so at that time it was a, uh, it, was, it was a physical business that was like a home staging business that I was doing. And I love that. But of course, when 2020 hit <laughs> and all of COVID and everything, it yes. was like I already had the online business marketing side of things because I have a marketing background and I had to find a way to mesh my skills of marketing, branding, systems, online management into one and I was like I don't even know what that role is what it could be and I found out about the online business manager role and I was like this is perfect but where I added my own twist was the fact that it's not just enough to get to be able to maintain and run a business and have systems and do project management people need to know how to market themselves people need to know that it all must work together. There's no use of having traffic come to your website when your back end is a hot mess or you don't treat your team well and you don't have turnover, but you have all these clients coming in and then you don't have the team to actually compensate for. So I just learned how to combine all of it together within my industry. And so five years ago, I was thinking like, I'll always you know, reach that top of the ladder. And then when I got laid off the second time, I was like, you know what? I looked at my husband in the eyes and I was like, do you trust me? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, we got this because I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going to bet it all on myself. And so yes. sit looking at everything because I already wasn't like happy with my um, my manager. The company had gotten acquired. And so she let my goal roll and continue like she let my specific role go and continued on with my team members. And I was like, it was one, she didn't like me. And two, I had already had a six month contingency plan anyway to just, I called it my exit plan, but it just happened way faster than I intended it to. My goodness. I yeah. mean, you know, <laughs> but but see, here's the thing that I, I, I love about the story is that, you know, it's the resilience piece. It's in the moment of you got two options, right? Fold, you know, or bust a move, so to speak, and say, I'm going to actually go forth exactly. and and do it. And so, but what was cool about what you said was like, okay, you know, putting it all together, even though the the whole plan necessarily didn't look like it was all in place. You had background in marketing systems you knew people need to market themselves so it's pandemic time all of these things are, are are going on so what what actually you know sort of like crystallized the moment of like i got something meaning like whether it was service or package offering or like a rhythm to like how you were obtaining your clients what was what was that moment like that's a good question, Ashley. So for me, it was all word of mouth. Like when I first started, I had so many clients who I was doing side stuff for. Oh, I was that girl that could do your logos. Oh, I was that girl who could do your websites or I could help you with your marketing strategy or I could help you like set up your systems. Like I, I knew all things tech. So for me, it was like when I... I was like, there's a skill, there's someone who does this, like there's someone outside of a project manager or there's someone who like maintains this, like there's an actual role for this that actually maintains this. And so when I left the branding or the strategy or the marketing side of things, when I, when I say left, I was very clear about only offering it to my retainer clients. I left that project based type world for that side of me managing it to um, one day, I think it was like one of my clients and she's just like, 
you do so much for one company. Like I can't imagine like if I if my company ever lets you go, like I need you with me all the time. And that's Ooh. when it clicked for me. And I was like, I need to have clients on retainer. I need to be doing this specifically for a specific amount of clients because I understand that for me, because I know a lot of people do VIP days and all that, and I absolutely love VIP days. I like offer like a VIP VIP day weekend, so I totally understand that. But for me, so used to coming off of that salary or so used to having that consistency in my income, I was like, I do like working with one person at all times. And so this is where I really had to develop my skill of setting client boundaries, of making sure that it was clear that this is ongoing, but there were so many different things that happened within those projects because you're on retainer, right? You don't want to get comfortable. It's like when you're in a relationship with someone, you're like, oh, this is good. And then if you never go on any dates, it starts getting stale. Like, or that's with anything, any practice that you have, if you let it go stale, it will. And so you still have to set those boundaries. You still have to make sure that you're being held accountable for those projects, even though that person is a long-winded person. So when my client told me that one specific client, I need you with me at all times, it hit for me to say, I need to be offering this service to a set amount of clients that I can consistently give myself to And that's the model that I've been using. But over time, it has definitely been built out because I've learned so many different things while working with those clients. Uh, You can't get comfortable. You do have to set boundaries. You do have to make sure that you are constantly, you know, still putting yourself out there, even though you're on retainer. And sometimes your retainers last for a year or two years. Right. Like it's so easy to just get comfortable and then not deliver at the top performance Every new project or every new thing that you do, everything that you work with the team needs to make it feel like your client is getting a new experience all over again. Not to just be like, oh, we'll just add that to the the date or a due date. Right. It'll never get done. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, that you went a little expert level. Um, We're going (laughs) to we're going to take a couple of steps back because two things you said Mm -hmm. in terms of client boundaries in the in that one client that said, I need I need you like every step of the way. So, okay, so and there is a season and I I think everyone probably has ran into it, regardless of your industry, where you will have a client where you've done a lot of a myriad of things. It's like gumbo, right? Like you've done a whole lot of you've done a whole (laughs) lot of things. And it's not even and sometimes it's not even a matter of like like the person who's assigning the work. It's like one person's fault or like the thing it's just sometimes you fall into it because you're just doing the work right you're doing the work and you're learning and you're trying to get the curve so what in terms of your light bulb that went off and said okay i need to offer retainer services where do you go with that conversation right Of, of i need you all the time i need you with me with the me and the company i need Mm -hmm. you all the time like so what does that look like you know, because unless this person is going to be, I need you soul and they're going to be, we're going to do, you know, X amount of, they're going to maximize five times your retainer, right? Yeah. Like, what is, <laughs> like, yeah. what was that, like, what does that conversation look like? That is, oh, you have all the best questions. So <laughs> it was a build. And so mm-hmm. I started framing my business around. Anyone that came in new got the new services. And those who were my current clients were built to build up to those services. So let's just say, for instance, if they were paying for that, my ROI with me is that you are definitely going to be able to increase your income over time. That comes from your effort. That comes from the team effort. Yeah. But you're definitely able to increase your income over time. I can say that with confidence. I can say that your sales are going to increase. I can tell you that your ROI is going to be at a certain amount. It's different for each business. But I knew that that client's business was growing. And so she grew at a very, very, very extremely high rate once we raised her prices. And so I said very clearly, if this is something that you desire, we will stop the month to month. We will stop just the random projects and you will be on retainer. This is what this requires. This is how much you're going to have to do. And so building her up to that and reminding her of that for every single project that we came upon and also making sure that she knew that although she was a priority, 
that I started repositioning my business to make sure that I let everyone know that my retainer clients were my priority first. And then so having that feeling of I want to be a retainer client, she easily succumbed like to that and said, you know what? I've heard everything that you have. Thank you for being patient with me. I'm now ready to make that amount. And she's been flourishing ever since then. Right. She's been flourishing and she's been doing great. But it was a gradual build for the current clients that I had because they were just like, you can't imagine like if you were an accountant and you just went from paying a person went from 350. Right. And then you all of a sudden raise your prices to 2250 per month. That's a major jump for them if you're an accountant. That's so right. that's one of those things where you're like, you have to make sure that you gradually build and respect the people that were with you. It's important that you understand that relationship buildings and project management is very important as well. Like you weren't always that master at your craft and someone took a chance with you. And I never take that for granted at all. So you you didn't have all the bells and whistles. But now that you do have all the bells and the whistles and the education and now you've actually let the light bulb click, that client was with you. So respect them. Respect them and also understand that there's a relationship that you built there and there's a trust that you built there so that you can gradually give them that. Some people you can't do that with. They'll, be, they'll try to take advantage of your low price forever. That's when you really have to cut it off and say, no, I, I am very adamant about what I can deliver and what I can do for you. But I can't continue to do it at the capacity that which I was doing. It's either you do this or this A or B and give them a choice to decide. Because if you don't, you'll stay with them in that same position all the time. That's that's good. That's really good because that gets into the change in level of conversation. But backing it up a few steps, you know, you talk you talked about relationship building, which is key, mm -hmm. building trust over time, mm -hmm. and then knowing knowing two things. A level of readiness for the client to yes. make that to make that particular switch of what they're ready for at the time, depending yes. on, you know, capacity, workload, yes. you know, what what's going on in their business. Right. So then the conversations that you're having for for scope in the in the services, you're outlining them. It's I just want to make it clear because I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. You're not, you know talking over email and just saying this is good to go yeah this is in contract correct yep exactly yeah, always always <laughs> oh, always okay. always and so always within contract always within understanding even if it's a agreement to have a which i haven't had to do but there is if there's an agreement in place that simply says that you will do a barter system. You still need some type of contract, yes. right? I will do an exchange for your service. And that contract can simply just have the most simple lines of this is what I'm going to be providing you in mm -hmm. barter for whatever it's going to be. So that way people won't have a he said, she said, and just continue on and make sure that that because it can get very messy for the smallest things. So, yes, always within contract. Always within understanding, because anytime monetary things are involved, for sure, <laughs> you definitely want to make sure a contract. But just in general, like always have something in writing to save yourself. And as a business owner and as a person who manages several projects, that is a requirement. That's like your number one <laughs> requirement for doing anything. That's right. So, yeah. I, it, and and I think just just branching off of that into and you mentioned about a uh, couple things, managing multiple projects and then making sure your client is having a new experience yes. every time. So yes. so after all of the scope and, and we're, you know, contractually, we understand what's going on. Everyone's in agreement. Yep. We are moving on now into what I would say, like what you just mentioned, relationship building. So yes. now it's getting to know company, projects, vision, et cetera. Yeah. So clients that have multiple projects going on, I'm a firm believer. I, I don't shy away of saying this. I say this often because and I had it on my Instagram where I was saying that everything could be a priority. We can't just say the five things. This is a priority. We're launching. This is a, this is also a pri priority. Yeah. I believe there's levels to what you would like to uh, to prioritize. Right. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so 
where is the onus in helping the client navigate that piece? Because I, and again, I'm trying to change this narrative on the project manager piece that it's not, it's not a, in, in the OBM, right? Like there's certain, unless there's an understanding that there is the role is like, I'm just here to just make sure the buttons get pushed. Nothing wrong yeah. with that because everybody yeah. has a role to play. But I do want to also start to make sure that OBMs, VAs, those that are in those positions understand there's leadership and strategy that you can bring. Yes. So from your experience, Quantel, we need to do this this week. Blah, blah. Okay, you're, I'm, I'm already putting the time out on the field sign up. <laughs> like I'm already up. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure if you've seen it on Instagram where it's definitely um, it's Busta Rhymes and he's rapping he's like I gotta fit in so he's rapping and so I, I swear I was gonna post how yes. clients are when you first get them on a project because that is exactly how yeah. I, feel. I feel like there's this long and I gotta do this and I gotta do this and then we gotta do this and then there's a tax list and we gotta do this and it's just constantly going and so I base my priorities off of three things one mm. revenue generating activities what is your top priority for your revenue generating activity whether that fall in marketing whether that fall in sales whatever category within your business what is the top priority for the revenue generating activity that you need right now there could be a thousand things but what is the thing right now that you feel like is hindering your funds from coming through when it comes to your actual marketing. So that's the first thing that I ask whenever I'm asking someone to prioritize something. Two, what is causing you the most stress mentally? Like if you're up at night and you just cannot sleep or if that's something that's taking away your time outside of that, right? When it comes to that specific thing, what's causing you the most stress? And then the third thing is, is, what can your team quickly deliver on at this time? Not, I'm not, not careful when I say the word quickly because we're very careful about timelines here. But what can they quickly <laughs> deliver on? Because the, when someone comes to you with the pain point of like, what is their priority? Those things are going to always outweigh anything, right? So the thing that is hindering your revenue generating like stream of income the thing that's causing them the most stress like every time they get in the meeting they can't even function like they cannot function straight because they're constantly thinking about this one specific thing and then the team like the team what can they quickly deliver on to make you happy like to help you what can you quickly communicate and say not even quickly but i'm very careful when i use the word but what can you say to the team to make them understand how much of a priority that is so they can put it on their list first. I ask those three things because what it does is allow for me to say, okay, based on what you gave me, we need to focus on this specific priority because it covers all three of this. Not one part of it, it covers all three. If that priority covers all three, it goes on the list. If it does not go on the list, then of course there's different ways that we can measure your other priorities. But those three things to me have always been the common things for any business owner that outweighs any other project that they bring on. Because let's think about why they brought you on in the first place. They want to be relieved. They want that stuff off of their plate so they don't have to come in and like stress about it. But you, there's a certain level of communication that has to take place for anybody to take ownership of anything. Right. I can't just come in and just take over your business or your project without knowing and having the knowledge of the basis of that or understanding why it's stressing you out or what is the problem. When you have any project, you need to have the problem, the solution, and the, like no, the strategy, the problem and solution that goes with that, right? So yeah, that's those are the three things that I ask whenever I come to try to prioritize anything. You know, that is, that's gold because what it does is it really takes the uh, emotion out of all of the things that are percolating, you know, yeah. percolating in, in their minds. They have it written down someplace. Yeah. They feel like this is the thing that they've been putting off for so long, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not to say that you can't 
do that thing but mm-hmm. you're really look you're really helping them focus in you know what is um y- what you're really looking at is from this perspective of all right from the list of things that you have i want to help focus you in on yeah. what's going to be better for your peace of mind for your yeah. energy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know from from the business perspective yeah. you know I mean as you know when they're it, not mentally ready it yes. ruins a lot of things actually that's right. like it can, that's right it can derail an entire project like that's right really that's right that's right yeah. and so that's that's solid and so you know one of the things too that I don't know if if you know if this is something that's often talked about as well but it goes more into the communication piece which is you know what happens in when there's things that don't necessarily go the way it's planned right you know we're always we're so great at you know we're gonna get to this finish line this launch we celebrate we high five which is great which is important you have your uh Lessons learned, workshops, hopefully, right? Um, But you're doing all all those things. But let's talk about when the things aren't going so well and having to navigate problems within projects. And I will say this out there for those that are listening and taking notes. No project is going to be perfect. You don't expect perfection. And you do have to, you have to prepare for what will go wrong. And then how you respond to that. So, Quantel, if there's an example that, you know, you'd like to share about, you know, how do you navigate through those those pain points? Oh, man. Okay, so I think when it comes to any project, um, the boundaries that you set in the beginning. Okay, I feel like onboarding is just as important as offboarding, right? The fulfillment and everything else, but onboarding is so very important. So for the projects to that go wrong, so let's just say for instance, when you got that project, you did all the things right. That means you had them sign a contract. They were clear. They said they were understanding of the scope of work. You provided an onboarding guide, right? Within that onboarding welcome packet, that guide, you gave very clear understanding. You had a kickoff call that was recorded. You did everything. You you went through the checklist of the onboarding guide that you gave them just in case they didn't do it themselves, right? And they didn't go through anything. And then whenever you're done and it's time to start the project and the project begins, communication is communication is going through you're communicating with the client from start to finish so that's the key in all of this if a project goes wrong a few things happen one the client was just not paying attention and they just really left you like with no resources they didn't (laughs) deliver on time they just was the absolute worst or two, you as a project manager did not communicate well. These are the main two things that I have seen where a project goes wrong. And so the very first one where the client is not giving you the deliverables and they're not communicating with you or they're not giving you what they need or the team is not giving you what you need, you're constantly reaching out to them. You're letting them know, I can't move forward with this. Hey, this is the final warning. I'm letting you know at this time, I'm going to have to um, put this project to the side. If you do not deliver on time, we're going to have to reschedule your project. We're going to have to do this. You've been communicating this entire time and they just have not been. The good thing is, is that now you have proof that you've been communicating with them. And now you have proof that you that you've tried every effort. And if there's some type of agreement that does not come to a close, then at that point, you've done everything you're supposed to because you've communicated with them and you've tried to get all the resources that you're supposed to. However, on the second end, where you didn't probably communicate well, it's throughout the project, right? Where if if something happens and like the second problem where a project would go wrong and where it's on your end because you didn't communicate well, maybe the client felt like as soon as they paid you, you had the onboarding call, you went ghost. They have not heard from you in three, four weeks. You just silently working in the background and all of a sudden they're like, 
hey, just checking in on that project. Oh, I'm almost done. And then something goes wrong in the project because you have not been communicating with them. And now there's something you need more time or you need a buffer. But how are they supposed to know that you needed that more time or even be able to ask those questions, answer those questions because you did not communicate with them? So you throughout that entire project, it has to be an exchange as if they were people don't like micromanagers because I know I don't. But it has to be an exchange of if you came into the office that day and you gave them a rundown of everything that you were supposed to be doing that week, right? Just a simple check-in of snippets of what you're currently doing or giving them video overviews to train them throughout, right? So that at the end, it's not a big thing of this is how you do this. Maybe you give them trainings throughout to make them feel like they're a part of the experience so that by the time the end of the project, you're not feeling, they're not feeling like, oh, she just dumped all this stuff on me. So that's gonna be important to note when it comes to like projects going wrong or projects going bad. But I've always seen that the main two reasons that projects end up going so horribly is because one, the owner or whoever they're working with was just like slow when it came to delivery, just did not do their part or you did not communicate well throughout that project and that client felt neglected. So now they're feeling like they're at a loss. And so what do you do with the second one? What do you do when you don't communicate well? Well, one, you need to be ready to be offering some services um, outside of what you put <laughs> inside the scope. OK, let's just be real with that. If you know that you provided a horrible experience, you need to take ownership and responsibility of that. And one, either compensate them for at least partial or two, provide them with what they asked for and go on with that service. Like just don't continue that service after that. Or the for the first one, if they're a horrible client, communicate them in final language is what I like to call it. Completion language is what I like to call it. Like, this yes. is it. There is nothing more that I will be doing. This is it. Final warning. It's like when you get a bill and they say, this is the final warning. You're not <laughs> right. saying this anymore. This is the final. You have to talk to them in final language to help them understand I'm officially walking away from this. And if they say, oh, they just fell off the face of the earth. Well, thank goodness for a digital paper trail, because that is exactly (laughs) what I have been trying to do with you this entire few months. And nothing happened. You have to know when to walk away. You have to. And I think that is so powerful because, like, before you get to the final bill, because there's some people who are probably identifying in this moment of, like, I'm like reaching the final bill. And some people may be saying I can see myself headed to the final bill. But this is why it's very important when we're talking about having a plan for communication. I believe in it. I think it's something that is not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. How do how do we communicate as client and team? What does that what does that look like? Is it, you know, and what do we communicate? And then how often um, are we meeting together? And I believe in effective meetings and meeting management, um, because I think that if you're going back to the relationship building piece, you do need to understand and, you know, have eyeballs on the particular individual on their on their vision. And I and I believe, too, that asking this particular question what is required for this project to be complete? Yes, I think it's just something just really just level setting. You -hmm. know, I think it's just super important because it's not just putting someone in place and and going. It's Mm -hmm. just, do you know what's required? And it's Mm -hmm. everything from resources, technology, you know, vision, strategy, you know, all those, and, and let's just get specific because you can um, probably you can probably share um, a little bit too, just in, in terms of a case study, like just for instance, like a virtual um, event, right? Yeah. You know, or in person or hybrid, whatever, well, you know, whatever have you. But, you know, do we know what's required to yeah. actually put one? And there's different levels and scales. So, you don't, it's not something grandiose versus, you know, whatever the case is. So, you know, I, I think that, for those that are listening that are saying, man, I should have communicated better or I need to communicate better. Yeah. I think you I think you should 
take the time, find find a scheduler and sit down with your leader, with your, you know, with the CEO and whomever and and have a conversation and have a level setting conversation. Yeah, I, I think that's so very important. And I think too, like to take it all the way back, when mm-hmm. we think about our framework and the way that we deliver and then think about how we can and the way that we deliver when we think about our framework. Let's just say, for instance, if I said that I was going to build a click up setup for someone and if I knew all the steps that I traditionally take within that framework and I took that like we're going super deep here. If I took my specific framework and I said, OK, and within that, I can add communication here. I can add communication here. And then when the client delivers their goals to me or whenever they talk about to me, whatever specifically that they what they feel a completion of this project is, I can implement that already within my framework if I've already built it. We traditionally build the same systems over and over again. And it's so easy to get caught up in. Okay, I do this and I do this, but we don't probably tailor that specific framework per client. And we don't think about that because we're like, oh, I just do this. This is what I do. Cool. I can just pop it out. But some clients have different needs. Some clients may need a video check in. Some clients may just need an email check in with screenshots. Some client, right? So you just traditionally sending a long winded video that they have no time to watch throughout that check in is not going to help for them, right? Take your framework, take whatever you traditionally do and center it around that client when you sit down and talk to them and figure out what that scope is, what it looks like for them, what does completion look like for them and tailor it towards them because it's supposed to be a client customer experience. Your experience too, but you're serving them. And so as someone who's serving people, we have to keep that servant mentality to say, okay, I'm delivering something to you. How can I customize it or make it feel good to you? Even though you've done it a thousand times, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I, and I like that aspect of sitting down, reframing the discussion yeah. You know, and centering it on the what does completion look like? And that's yeah. another question that is often overlooked. Yeah. What does completion look like? Yes. Yes. You know? Because it will get you to the final line. It will. It will. If they tell you, if they tell you this is what completion looks like to me. Okay. If someone says at the end of this, I want a complete click up build with Blah, 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 blah. Or if they said, I want a complete website. Let's use a website as an example. With this page and this page and this page. That means you take every single thing that they've told you and dissect it. That's how you can actually take the project and dissect it and say, okay, I'm going to take based off of these things and these objectives that you said what the final end result is. That's what I'm going to be building in this project. If you said that about page is supposed to have this, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to make sure that it has this, this and this. That tells me what I'm supposed to be doing weekly, monthly. It can really help you if you know what the end goal looks like for them. It really does. That aspect of goal setting, what, you know, completion, you know, KPIs, those types of things. Yeah. You can always go back to that North Star. Yeah. And really go whenever something maybe seems a little shaky um, or, or whatnot, you can always go back and make sure, hey, I want to, you know, let me make sure. Let me go back to what's been documented. Let me go back to what we said, what, yep. what were the project goals. So I like that. And and so then going back to the opposite aspect of, you know, when it's time to just, you know, I think cut the ties, right? Because sometimes yeah. there are just certain circumstances where, you just may need to cut the cut ties. Mm-hmm. What does that conversation usually look like? Um, are we having clauses in the contract, sitting down and talking about it? Like what, you know, what, what does the, what, what does that look like? The, yeah. When it comes to cutting ties, it definitely depends on You need to know why the ties are being cut. Did the relationship end well? Did it not end well? If a relationship does not end well, um, 
it just basically starts off with the whatever your business is services right email and that's the subject line and it basically lets them know at this time due to the reasoning um, we will not be continuing these services and letting them know the exact line by line item of what is going to be completed and what's not going to be completed that's going to be the final communication because if the entire project has been what um if the entire project has been missed deadlines or adding scope pre right sure. scope pre can happens on the project if it's been that entire time you have to be very specific about what's being offered in those final stages like what is being offered and also provide deadlines and dates on this specific date this is going to be the last date that I deliver this, this is going to be the last date that you have to submit anything to me. If there are any changes, this is going to be the last day that you have to review something like it sounds like it's cold cut and cold hearted, but it's not because it's been casually handled the entire time throughout the relationship. So giving that final feel to everything when it comes to ending a project and cutting ties is going to be very important when it's time to end that communication. If the project ended well and you everything is the is fine, it's important that you provide a delivery to where everybody is an understanding of what was provided. That's going to be very important because sometimes people will be like yeah they did a good job mm-hmm. but um <laughs> i don't know what, what i got it's some it's in there somewhere <laughs> and it's like they need to walk away with complete confidence and be like oh so if they're having a conversation with someone else about what they need to be doing for their business you know what i paid for that earlier this year let me show you what i got versus Girl, I think I did something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something in there. <laughs> I know she delivers something, right? You need to give them a complete finish of and confidence of what they walked away with when it comes to ending those relationships. Um, and there are just some people who are just really the worst project that you've ever had in your life. It's important that you know when to walk away and understand that every project is not going to be the best product project. You have to be careful in getting caught in your feelings and understanding that every project is not going to be perfect. <laughs> it's just not. That's right. That's a part of life. That is a part of learning. That is a part of understanding that you're dealing with human beings with different stages that there are in their life. That's why it's so important that when you get on that discovery call with them, that you ask them a very pivotal question. And that question is, where are you currently in the stage of your business right now that you feel like you need this project as a priority? And if they answer that, if they answer that in a way that just really gives you the wrong way, trust that uh-oh feeling, okay? <laughs> trust <Good> it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trust that gut. Be like, mm, I don't think you're ready. Because ready is the word of the hour, Ashley. Ready mm. is the word of the hour here. Like we have to understand some people are just not ready. We're constantly looking and looking at media 24 seven media is telling us when we're ready. We're not paying attention to our own internal understanding of where we currently are within our business because we're constantly told what we need to be doing or we're constantly influenced by what we need to be doing but within our own businesses sometimes business owners or just anyone in general when they start a new project they rush the process because they thought it was a good idea you as a project manager have to learn to determine and have the understanding of when someone is rushing a process within their business so that's why it's going to be important to ask the in the very deep questions in the beginning to help you avoid these communications. Again, communication. Communication is so huge and just the discovery call in itself. When you start asking these deep questions and they answer them in ways that give you uh-oh feelings, pay attention to your internal understanding of what you've been through. If you're new to projects, know <laughs> that <laughs> everything is not going to go as planned all the time. You can prepare as much as possible, but just have an understanding of the basic things that you need to know. Trust yourself, 
trust where uh, find out whether or not that client is honest or whether or not they're understand they truly understand their business and where they want to go and to also have your own plan and strategy like and be confident in what you deliver so that you can bring to the table and match it up with what they need at that time so yeah that's definitely how i would handle um making sure that someone um when it comes time to end a relationship, paying attention to those things. Yeah, because, you know, the tricky part is, and and we often think about, you know, getting referrals or testimonials and those types of things. Mm -hmm. So there's still a a level where you, you need to perform right. Um, Into, into completion. So, you know, even if it is something where, all right, well, this will be the last project that we work on together, right? Yep. Then yep. you still have a responsibility to show up Absolutely. and to be professional. And 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 again, when it's complete, when it's completed, the project is completed, just being able to just make sure it's delivered, make sure they have all the assets, the offboarding, and then you know, bless and release, right? Even yeah. you can just go, uh, you know, go about your business. And I think that's really, I think that's really important. I yeah. want to ask you um, another question that kind of just goes into, you know, you know, we, we talked about level of, you know, we talked about readiness, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then, you know, and sort of leveling up into some of the more re- retainer services and things like that. So, is there, you know, even a particular, um, is there a particular checklist that you have, um, you know, or, or something where, you know, you are monitoring or evaluating that client on that journey to retainer? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so for me, um, for clients who need to be specifically on retainer, so I have a specific checklist for retainer versus actual project-based work. Um, I <laughs> I think my sales page like will tell anybody if you're not ready for this. Like I try to get very specific within my FAQs and all that. Like just a bit, okay. Just in case you're wondering, if you're not this, 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 and this, you probably should not apply. Um, So a checklist that I definitely have when it comes to retainer is do does the business it has a business been established one. So that's definitely something that I have to have as a requirement. I don't work with startup companies. I don't work with. So there's a specific audience that I serve and I want to make sure sure that they have a they've been around for at least four years minimum. On top of that, when it comes to the checklist. Um, where is the business owner in their leadership style? Um, because how they lead also has an effect on how I can come in and help lead their specific team. For example, if you're the, if you're the business owner who scared your entire team into thinking that they need to complete things or they're afraid to talk to you or there's not a balance or anything, when I come in, they're going to have that same approach with me because you've scared them and that may not be my leadership style. So what is your leadership style? Our leadership styles don't have to be the exact same, but I have to understand where you are in your business and how you've been leading your team because I need to know what I'm walking in on when I start leading your team. So that's gonna be important when it comes to leadership style. Um, And then how I help you obviously come in with your company. Um, And Three, of course, when it comes to that checklist, I have a very long checklist, but I'm just doing the, the three general things. And so obviously we have you've been around your established business. What is your leadership style and what are your top, top goals within this time frame? Because sometimes some people don't need a long extended relationship. Sometimes you just need project based work that I can help you with versus someone partnering with you to grow your business and come in with you and actually help you develop all the strategies and get those things out of your mind and dissect them. If you have no time, if the things that you present to me within your goals tell me that you have no time to dissect all the things that are within your head, we probably should not be on retainer 
because all the business owners that I work with, they're creatives, they're brilliant, they're amazing. They can pop out ideas and I'm like, okay, there's no way that we can have this happen in six months. Maybe we can have it happen in you know a year or two, right? Because you're not con- right there within your business. But if you're constantly going and if you don't think that you have the time to sit down and like dissect having a whole year and all of that, like you need to be able to have longevity within the retainer relationship. So that's for the retainer side and for the project based side are, do you have the assets ready um, when it comes to being able to deliver? Like some people say they want a system set up. And as you know, Ash, they say it. And then they're not one ready to invest (laughs) in those systems. Like they be looking at the system and they be like, you said how much it's going to cost and you said how long it's going to take. And then how many people we need to do that with. And you're like, you're not ready. You're not, (laughs) you're not ready. Um, So are you ready to invest in the systems? Are you ready to invest in this project? Because certain things may open up. Some people don't want to, if I tell them they need a Zapier connection, they'd be like, I don't want to pay for Zapier. Okay. Are you willing to do another platform? I don't want to have no middle tools. Okay. Um, well, clearly you're not your tool doesn't integrate with anything else. Are That's you ready right. for that? So some people just have to be one ready on that checklist for me, making sure that they are ready to invest in the systems, but also understand what it may take in order to develop that system. Another thing when it comes to project is making sure that they understand having the communication portal in place immediately. And what I mean by that is do they have some type of tool whether that be voxer which i don't recommend um but whether that be the the click up chat inside that we communicate via whether that be a slack that's right there needs to be some type of communication portal in place the moment we have that project you can ask it on a discovery call how do you currently communicate because if they tell me via email no 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 that's not gonna work that's not going to work because i need to know that i have access to you 24 5 right? I need to have access to you 24, five days of the week, right? You can, I can schedule those messages later on. That's fine. Whether that be via Airtable form that we communicate in or the ClickUp project management tool, right? It depends on where you end up putting that, but that communication portal has to be in place. And if they say, oh, my clients just text me, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. we need to establish a communication portal. So that that can automatically be in place. And then, of course, the third thing on that checklist is making sure that they have the time. (laughs) Some people do not like when you allot enough buffer time. If a project says that it's going to take six weeks, it might take you two and it might take you four. Always (laughs) under promise and over deliver. So if you tell yourself that I know this project is going to take me six weeks, cool, no problem. And you might finish it in under four. Give those other two weeks as a support period. But at least you've provided yourself with enough time. But if the person squawks at you and say six weeks, people don't understand. They don't give enough. They don't give systems people or anyone that's doing projects enough credit because the same way we give a website developer probably two, three, four, five months. Systems take just as long because we're first encountering and getting all of your stuff up front and we are supposed to do it in two weeks. That's not fair. That's not fair. So you have to make sure that you that person has enough time. Do they have enough time or are they rushed? Are they feeling like they have to get it done? Because that's going to automatically lead to the project being horrible anyway, because they just wanted to rush you throughout the entire thing. Are you done yet? Are you supposed to be done? Hold on. You said it's going to take two weeks. Well, please understand that I said two weeks, but I also want to communicate with you that it may go longer depending on what I may find within this project, which is a lot of why a lot of people don't accept things outside of what they normally do. Right. They don't accept like random bills and stuff like that because they know they're comfortable, which is totally fine. They're comfortable in what they ought to how long it would take them and being able to frame that because people don't give us the grace period as they would a developer of a website or a person who's doing code systems to me takes just as much time and we should get that same amount of respect in the time. So definitely those are the three things that I would look at for sure. That is, uh, that's marvelous. And again, like I said in the beginning, if we were, you know, a part of some of our other podcast 
brethren and community, <laughs> we, we have time for another hour to go into those finer points. But the one of the things, well, all of those things were, were great. But the distinction of a a of, of a company of a leader being positioned as right now I'm looking for very black and white project based work nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that it's mm-hmm. just clean simple easy right mm-hmm. versus what you were saying before that which was strategy leadership yep. Yep. growth yeah there's a difference yeah. And we uh, we have to make sure that we are understanding from either from a leader perspective, if you're looking at your projects right now and your positioning, that's something to look at. And then those that are service pros that, you know, are um, that you have your clients and you're sort of looking at, you know, OK, where should I be positioning myself or, you know, what type of clients do I normally attract that I deal mm-hmm. with? You know, you got to think about that. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with either or. But when you're when you're looking to either expand or you're looking for a different type of client, you want to take really what Quantel said. And that's why you have to go back to the beginning of the episode, because there are some some really great best practices that you can really start to um, to write down and to start implementing right away. Yeah. Um, and so um, I'm grateful for this conversation um, and we're not going to go into OT. We're going to um, <laughs> close out um, with one is the last question, which is something fun. You know, you you're going to get you get that phone call um, five minutes from now and it is either the client or project that you've always wanted to work on. What is that? What is that? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be quick here. Um, (laughs) It would be someone helping them um, project wise. I wouldn't say retainer project wise. It would probably be their launch setup. So Mm. um, a lot of people struggle with Mm. launches. Well, no matter it's a marketing launch or whether it's a a actual program launch, a lot of people struggle with launches. And with the recent events that I've learned, like education, like Ashley over at Do The Damn Thing is amazing. I took a course this um, past summer and it has been the bee's knees, like truly amazing. So it would be a launch setup for me just because I have the confidence in how you can actually do launches without it being stressful at this time. Like launches don't have to be stressful and they have that negative connotation to be stressful. And her program has really taught how you can implement that and have a group program and have everything all centralized in one location and have it streamlined and just make you like truly be excited about the income that you just gained and also the new people that you gain. So I look forward to doing that setup for someone. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. I I love that a lot. That sounds like that to be super, super exciting. Um, and thank you so much, um, Quantel, just for being on today. Um, if you all really love this episode and even would love a part two, I think Quantel would be game um, for it, whether it's a bonus episode or something. Um, uh, we, there is more. There is a part two to this. Um, but uh, definitely um, we're going to have all of her social media information in um, the show notes. But tell us, where can we find you? Where can we find you? I'm on LinkedIn as Quantel Mosley and then on Instagram and also Facebook as Quantel Latte. So that's where you'll find me. And of course, Excellent. you can always visit my website at www.quantellatte.com. Excellent content that she has. Useful content. A lot of pro tips. Um, and a lot of great way for you to start some really good conversations um, with Quantel. And then also, you know, um, if you're interested um, and you want to take that next step. Um, and as we as you learn today, level of readiness, then you'll go onto her website and you will review and get to know her and then, you know, and see if you are a great fit. But Quantel, thank you so much for this episode. This was just gem filled with so much really great information. So thank you so much. Awesome. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. This has been another episode of Conversations with Ask Ash. This is your host, Ashley Schuler, and I'm joined with the lovely Quantel Latte. And 
We're excited for this particular episode. You all should go back, listen to it two or three times. Definitely go inside of Quantel's DMs and and tell her the biggest takeaways um, that you learned from this podcast. So that's it. That's all. And we have more episodes to come. And uh, let's rock it out, guys. Client communication. It's something that we all um, are working at. But uh, step by step, day by day, right? Um, we're all going to get there. So thank you all so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Ask Ash. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and follow Ashley on social media at Ashley Schuler underscore. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-U-L-E-R underscore.